Hello everybody and welcome to episode 133 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and back alongside me for this episode of Retroshock News is... Uh, it's Chris Finn and no doubt we'll probably have something Star Wars related in this because we couldn't do Retroshock News without having something Star Wars related. So uh, absolutely not. There's 100%. No. I can't remember a Retroshock News where we haven't probably discussed something Star Wars. Yes, it's, I think we have with every single one. Yeah, but I think that's just simply because there is so much Star Wars news. And so much, yeah, so much Star Wars, so much news. And uh, sometimes some good, sometimes some bad. Star news. Yeah. Um, but today, everybody, we've got some lovely bits of news for you. If you aren't uh, aware of what we do on Retroshock News... Where have you been? Why haven't you been listening to the show? Yeah, tell us. But I will tell you what it's all about. Basically, me and Chris trawl through the internet, all the places of geeky wonder, uh, for bits of news, be it on movies, TV shows, games, etc., comics, um, bits of news that have interested us since we have last recorded together. And then we bring those news articles together. We talk about them to you lovely folks. We give our opinions some positive, some negative, some in between, but hopefully all uh, enjoyable for you to listen. Before we dive into our articles of news for today, though, uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, feel free to drop us a tweet on Twitter at RetroshockPod on there. You can also drop us a DM if you want to leave us a slightly longer message. Let us know what you would like to hear on the show in the future, be it about an old movie, an old TV show, or a video game, or whatever, or if there's a certain theme, maybe, that you have in mind for a future show, send us a message, we'd love to hear it. Rocky, there's no easy way out. That's my one of my favourite things. Oh, you're talking about theme. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah, Chris. Sorry. There is a Rocky special of Operation Shock way back in the uh, archives, so feel free to go and listen to that if you wish, especially with Creed 2 being out in cinemas at the moment. Um, but you can also drop us a message on Facebook as well. Just search Operation Retroshock on there. And also, if you are enjoying the show, it would be fantastic for you to go on to iTunes, uh, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, all those sort of lovely places, and leave us a lovely review. And please remember, if you are an American listener or an overseas listener that isn't in the UK or Northern Ireland, please send us a little screenshot of your review because it isn't so easy to get a hold of those reviews when you're based in the UK. And that was correct. So, do you want me to go first? I'll let you lead off, Chris. Okay, so, um, a study has shown that Wizard of Oz, not Star Wars, is the most influential movie ever. Researchers in Italy have determined the most influential movie of all time, and it's probably not the one you expected. The 1939 classic, The Wizard of Oz, has had the most impact on Hollywood, according to a report in the journal Applied Network Science. The team analysed the impact of more than 47,000 films across 26 genres to determine which titles have had the most industry influence, uh, not including short film or other movies, let's just say, of the adult. The film was the second greatest impact, 1977 Star Wars, of course. The third was Alfred Hitchcock's 1960s um, thriller, Psycho, and then there was the likes of Casablanca and things like that, so... It just says, interesting when it comes to ranking most influential actors. The top pick in the study was rather unexpected. Um, Can you tell me who you think the most uh, influential actor is? Most influential actor of basically the modern age? Yes. Here, okay, this is going to be interesting. Uh, 
I'm going to ask for a slight hint, and I'm not going to ask in terms of like movies or whatever, but I'm going to ask, would it be in my lifetime yes. or before my lifetime? Your lifetime. My lifetime. Okay, so we're talking late 80s onwards then. Tom Cruise? Uh, Tom Cruise was actually one of them, but it was actually Samuel Jackson, oh. likely due to starring in a whopping 82 often popular movies throughout his sense. career. Uh, Jackson was followed by Clint Eastwood, Tom Cruise, Arnold Schwarzenegger and John Wayne. See, the main thing that popped out of me about Tom Cruise is simply because he sells movies on his name. Yeah. Um, Sam Jackson totally makes sense, though, because uh, he is in just so many yep. movies. Um, never mind having been in Star Wars and Marvel alone. That would probably Park. that would probably yeah. alone get him because wasn't it isn't wasn't it a whole battle between was it him and Harrison or something like that for highest paid actor over the years or something oh, like that. God knows. And I think it's simply because the amount of like Marvel movies and yeah. stuff like that that Sam Jackson's been in that he was yeah. like the highest in that regard. But back to the actual movie side of things. I'll say I'm surprised and I'm not surprised. I would expect, obviously, Star Wars and stuff like that mm-hmm. to be up there when yeah. it comes to like most influential movies. But you have to think of some of the classics that are out there. Now, would I probably say, for me personally, do I see as Wizard of Oz as like yeah. a really impactful movie? Oh, it's not for me. On me? No. Not so much. No. Could I see why it's on this list and topping it? For some, yes. Mm -hmm. But to actually win the entire thing is a tad odd. Um, I take it probably they're talking about... I'm all right, thank you. Uh, If you're not wondering, everybody, my voice is probably a wee bit deeper than normal. Chris was offering me a mint there to help me there. Um, But I can see if they take it in terms of like filmography... Music, mm-hmm. visuals, costume, those sort of different things yeah. for its time was probably fairly advanced. Because some other ones that were in there was like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which obviously was Disney's first big movie, which I can see that for. And then 1931 or something, King Kong. King which, Kong, right. Which again... Would Stop be, motion. Yeah, which would be there because of that. But I think just with Wizard of Oz and because... I would probably see maybe... I could have maybe seen The Sound of Music because okay. that would be impactful because, you know, it's still one that you you don't really hear The Wizard of Oz talked about that much nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only a matter of time before I get a bloody reboot or something for that or whatever, but... <laughs> well, we did kind of, didn't we? That kind of prequel one. What was Return it? to Oz. The Great and Powerful, the one with... Uh... Uh, Mila Kunis and all playing the Wicked Witch. Did you not? No. Oh, don't. Oh, don't. I, I won't. Just don't. I didn't even know it existed. Um, so no. I'm trying to remember. It's a few years old now, like, so it's probably like 2013, 14, probably something like that. Uh, but it was a prequel to Oz and stuff like okay. that, so it was. Um, but yeah, for me, I would see a lot of other movies personally for me as more like influential in cinema. Yes. Uh, you would definitely say Star Wars for like ILM and the mm-hmm. visuals and sound and that sort of stuff. Um, but I would also go with stuff like uh, I very much enjoy like the Godfather movies simply just for story and drama and again acting really yeah. as well in there. But again, it's another one of those ones that it comes down to personal preference and obviously this 
certain batch of people or whatever that this Italian mm-hmm. group of individuals have pulled on this or whatever, particularly enjoy yeah. The Wizard of Oz. Um, now, are there any others, bar obviously, like we've been mentioning, Star Wars and all, that would personally for you really top this list? Oh, Flip, that's a tough one. <laughs> because you know like whenever you're thinking of movies that you watch whenever you were a kid or whatever or mm. whenever movies that are part of your lifetime you know they're not there's not going to be like Oscar worthy things you know yeah. like The Godfather you said I think for some people like Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter would be up there in terms yeah. of um, you know especially with Harry Potter with the birth of the Fantastic Beasts and things like that um, I, I, I don't I honestly don't I would probably say maybe the likes of I always went back to watch the likes of the Rocky movies or Indiana Jones movies, but again, that's because they're ones that I kept going back to watch. Yeah, you know, so that's something that we'll discuss in a, a later. I could, later I could date. totally see the likes of Indiana Jones mm-hmm. being high on a list like that as well. Oh, not Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal mm-hmm. Skull. Don't worry, that I don't know no. if this movie. Oh no, no, don't! I, do, no, I don't no, know no. if this movie. Oh no. Um, but no, Indiana Jones, it's another one of those series of movies, trilogy, so to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with, with bonus feature. With bonus feature. Yeah. Um, that has such a variety of story mm-hmm. that you can just see it as being one of those other ones that you would put kind of on the, that top shelf. Yeah. Of like in 50, 60, however many years. The way people talk about Citizen Kane is a big one yeah. for folks as well. Casablanca, those sort of oh, yeah, classic yeah, yeah. movies, they're seen as classics. So they are. So I think the likes of you know an Indiana Jones or whatever, maybe not, you could say dramatically, mm-hmm. in the style of a Citizen Kane or Casablanca oh, oh, yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. but will be just as kind of healed mm-hmm. in the future when we're all gone. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was an interesting uh, choice, nonetheless. And speaking of interesting choices, Chris. Okay. Cue segue. What choices do we have to make, Alan? To Hell's Kitchen in New York City. Are we going to see Gordon Ramsay? Not that Hell's Kitchen. I'm disappointed. I'm probably hungry after that. Where's the lamb sauce? (laughs) You're an idiot sandwich. Um... But yeah, this we've we've talked about uh, cancellations previously here on the Retroshock News, um, specifically to Netflix and Marvel TV, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. But I think this one has kind of come out a little bit off left field, completely unexpected, in terms of if any more were going to get cancelled, this was probably the one you would have thought was safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is, this is according to Deadline, that Daredevil has been cancelled by Netflix after three seasons. Uh, and basically, their exclusive is saying that the Marvel series uh, continue to fall at Netflix. Uh, launched in 2015, Daredevil is axed after three seasons. Uh, I saw tweets and stuff like that on the day this was announced, because this was a sort of piece of news that broke morning time. Yeah. Uh, overnight uh, for us in the UK so you kind of woke up and you you know you log into your Twitter or whatever to check and you you know the way you hit like the wee magnifying glass and it shows you like yep. the biggest mm-hmm. pieces of news are yeah, on Twitter at this moment the top, yeah. mm-hmm. and up the top was Daredevil cancelled and I was mm-hmm. like wait what? 
um, and you see these tweets from like guys that are part of the writing team and all saying you know that season four was you know they were actually in the writing room when they received the call from Netflix saying right no more mm-hmm. that's it done and they were saying they had the whole of season four mapped out on the wall sitting ready to go and according to him was bleeping fantastic mm-hmm. um, self-confidence yeah. uh, <laughs> is a winner there um, now I with life and being busy and stuff like that, I have still yet to see all of season three of Daredevil, but what I have watched, I have been enjoying. Okay. Uh, the return of uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin is probably a good key part of that enjoyment. But, yeah, what do you think about this, Chris? Because this is the one that you would have thought would have been safe. You see, that's the thing, is that I'm wondering, because obviously Jessica Jones now is sitting in the corner by herself going, like, guys, I'm scared, I'm by myself. Well, and... Uh, Punisher. Yeah. Punisher technically. But I have a funny feeling these are being in inverted commas cancelled, but these are being in inverted commas cancelled for then Disney to put on their streaming service. Mm. So I have a funny feeling that they have probably said, like, listen, keep this hush hush. You know, like Netflix aren't going to pick this up for a fourth season because obviously in 2019 we're going to have the new Disney service. So then what better way to go like, right, you thought that these were all cancelled. They were, but now we're going to bring them back. So we're going to continue on with season three of this, you know, like season three of Luke Cage and and all that kind of stuff. So I can see it being temporarily cancelled, very much like what happened with um, Brooklyn 911, is it? Whenever it got cancelled and then the internet went in a big brouhaha and was like, no, and then some other, and Lucifer as well, it got cancelled in another network. Saved it. Saved it and brought it back, you know. So I can see that happening with these. So I can see it only a matter of time before we see that Jessica Jones is done and then Punisher is done and they're leaving it, you know, because it's not being all done at once. It's like one and then leave it for a bit. Another one, leave it for a bit. Another one. Yeah. It's uh, it's not like the WWE releases where we're like, is JTG still employed? What? Yeah. You know, so... I can see it probably being in January or February of next year that we'll get news then that Jessica Jones has been yeah. cancelled. And then once then we, like there's like a big Marvel event or whatever, then we'll get like news that they've brought that he's back on, you know, like and that'll be a big coup is that once they've announced that they're all cancelled, then they'll bring them on to the streaming service and that's to pull more people away from Netflix and on to that, you know. Yeah. I think maybe is the fact that Netflix... Disney has more money than Netflix does. Yeah. You know, like whenever you can pay $4.7 billion for Star Wars and make a tidy profit of it. And have your money back in a couple of years. And then do the same with like X-Men and Fantastic Four and that kind of thing. So I think it's logical that they've brought it over there and then whether they're going to do different shows and then do another like Defenders but do it with the likes of say... Because is it Netflix that's meant to have that Cloak and Dagger show? Or... Um... Over here, I think it's maybe meant to have okay. Cloak and Dagger, but I'm trying to think. I think it's Cloak and Dagger on... I think Cloak and Dagger actually might be Amazon Prime. Okay. I have a funny feeling. Well, whether that gets cancelled there, and then very much like um, apparently Infinity Wars meant to come to Netflix on December 25th. Yeah. But then that'll only stay there for a couple of days, and then a couple of months, and then that'll get pulled down. Yeah. Very much like a lot of the Star Wars things and things like that. So Disney will be looking after their properties and then going, right... That's ours. Give that to us, and that's what I see happening with that. I think you've you're probably pretty close to what's happening here. I think this 
cancellation is what has got the gears turning in people's heads mm-hmm. because everybody kind of realistically when Iron Fist was cancelled was like yeah I can kind of understand that it's been the weakest yeah. of the Marvel Netflix TV shows and then look Cage and again you're like again I can slightly see it yes it was more enjoyed than Iron Fist mm-hmm. but it's been lopsided series. There's been parts of it that have been really good and parts of yeah. it that have yeah. not been as good. It started off weak and, and strong in the first season, but then apparently from the second season, because I've only watched one episode, started off strong and finished weak. Yeah. But the big telling sign for me is that I've yet to read a lot of people that say, like, Finn Jones or... Um, oh, God, what's his name? The guy who plays Daredevil something, Murdoch. Charlie, Charlie Cox, Cox, sorry. Charlie Cox. Um, I've yet to see them like tweet about stuff and go like really disappointed yeah. that you know being cancelled because I think they've been signed uh, NDA and said that they're not allowed to talk about Disney signing yeah. over and then you'll get them at like a conference thing. I've seen uh, D'Onofrio tweet and the girl who plays Karen Page tweet. Okay. Um, D'Onofrio's, however, wasn't very like really disappointed and blah 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 he was like daredevil will live on and da 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 yeah. so he seems fairly yeah you know confident mm. in what he's tweeting uh in regards to it and he'd like tweeted an image of like his fist and like but it was like red light mm-hmm. sort of thing odd synergy when that the fist is kind of iron was fist it a red thing. hand was it not no <laughs> um but yeah i think with daredevil being the obvious, most popular, and probably you would say most consistent. It doesn't make any sense. You see, that's that, yeah. That's to me is like if that's the one that you, you know, like they've got the most. Like I, it's hard to believe that it was three years ago that it first, mm-hmm. as Matt Riddle would say, debut. Um, but <laughs> debut. You know, with that, it's a case of right. Well, that's the most popular one, and you've cancelled it. So it's almost like they could have left Iron Fist the last and been like, this makes no sense. But I guarantee that in the early stages of yeah. the new Disney app, is that when it makes get that? It makes me think that this has been decided a while ago. Yeah. That the only reason we're getting it is now, it now is because Daredevil hadn't been released on Netflix yet mm-hmm. up until shortly ago. And if I remember correctly, the rumours were originally that this wasn't going to be on Netflix till the new year. Mm-hmm. Yet they released it early that's probably why then so it's almost like they've been lining it up to get the announcement done dusted out of the way so they can move on yeah and it kind of pretty much makes you think it's a given that jessica jones and punisher are going to be on the chopping block in due course um now i think it's interesting exactly like you say there hasn't been much vocally said about Mm -hmm. right you know thanks fans it's been great. Yeah. See you later. Especially, especially after the stuff that, like like I said earlier on, about to do with Lucifer. Yeah. Is that, you know, like, people are going, well, there's maybe a reason why it's been cancelled, so there's not been a big... Uh, Cheerio, farewell. It, there hasn't been a big um, public backing to do with it. We're like, we, we, we want Daredevil back and that kind of thing, you mm-hmm. know. And, that, and that's the thing that kind of... Uh, not that it doesn't sit well with me, but that's the one thing I'm saying... It's done for a reason. Yeah. And it's for this I Disney think that's maybe app. why there hasn't been such like a groundswell of yeah. like, oh my goodness, it's cancelled. It's because everybody's like, there is a good chance it'll probably crop up on Disney's streaming service, which I think would be fantastic because it opens the door then because it ha- Charlie Cox playing 
Matt Murdock, Daredevil has been probably at least the one character out of the Netflix TV shows that people have really wanted to kind of cross over into the MCU. Mm-hmm. So if he ends up as Daredevil on the streaming service, then there's always the potential that he shows up in the Loki but TV show. That's what I was just about to say. Or the Bucky and That's what I was just about to say is that that is probably going to be the closest we get to them being on with the the the, the a list ones like you just said. Yeah. Um. So that's again something that if there's the defenders, you could have the defenders slap against the Avengers mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, because so. like Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock, Daredevil, in appearing somehow in an episode of like Loki's TV show, mm-hmm. that for me is just like yeah, yeah, let's yeah. go for that. I will be. Uh, very much down for that if something happens but I do think we're pretty much in agreement I don't think this is the last of no. at least Charlie Cox's Daredevil I don't think it is either well speaking of gears turning like you said um, Clyde Ryder F. Scott Fraser to script Gears of War for Universal this is an exclusive from The Wrap studio option motion gear motion picture rights to Microsoft studio iconics Gears of War franchise in 2016 based on the Xbox video game series. Screenwriter F. Scott Fraser has been tapped to write Universal's Gears of War individuals with the knowledge of the project exclusively tell the rap. Fraser's previous writing credits include Collide and Triple X Return of Xandra Cage. Oh, careful your drink there. Um, Dylan Clark Planet the Ape series Oblivion will produce for his Dylan Clark productions alongside Gears of War co-creator Rod Ferguson, Scott Suber, he did the TED series and Identity Thief, well, executive produce. Um, Microsoft acquired the Gears of War series in 2014 and Ferguson returned to lead the coalition, the Microsoft Development Studio, focusedly exclusively on Gears of War. So, to be honest, the, the source material just seems to be all over the place. It does, doesn't it's, it? It's not a cohesive... Um, I, like, I just read it, the, the light... the the lead part and I was just like oh that seems like a good bit of news but um, it does seem to use a term that Americans will probably go what the heck has just come out of his mouth it seems a bit higgledy-piggledy mm-hmm. all it's over all, the shop it's all over the place yeah. um, but it's going to be interesting to see because obviously this is like whenever we had reports years ago that we're going to get a Mass Effect movie and people are like, oh, you need to get Seth Green to play Joker. Say how the mighty have fallen. You know, and all this here. But obviously with this being a video game, you have John DiMaggio, who did the voice for the main character, Marcus Phoenix. And then you had other people, you know, doing different voices and what have you. So my question to you is that if they were to do this, will this have the same... Um, gravitas as the video game would be, especially with the 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 power that the voice actors pack into their lines. That is a word I did not think I would hear in a sentence along with Gears of War. What? Is gravitas okay? I don't want um, to have something to start with G. I got where you were going. Um, I do not have much faith in this getting off the ground. Okay. So I don't. Um, it just is it planned to be live action? I would imagine so. Talk? Yeah. yeah, it's probably still so early in the stages that that hasn't even really been discussed. But I would think that they're probably going that direction. It's just video game movies do not have the best of luck. 
Mm -hmm. So they don't when it comes to the big screen. Everybody thought that Warcraft and then Assassin's Creed were going to be the change. Yeah. This was going to be the start of good video game movies and we were going to be off to the races and all the big movie companies were lining up the properties and then they both came out and I'm not going to say Warcraft was panned. I think audiences reasonably okay yeah. and enjoyed it. Warcraft fans enjoyed it. Um, whereas Assassin's Creed was, well to say, right, you've taken a video game that you spend 90 to 95% of your time in the past, in the mm -hmm. body of some biological ancestor of yourself. Do you know what we'll do in the movie? We'll flip that and spend about 90% in the present day rather than 10% in that's the like, past. That's like having a Back to the Future and not going to anywhere. The past. Yeah, just not going. <laughs> or just, the future. Just going whatever. into the car for a little, little drive. That was, that was the biggest disappointment with the Assassin's Creed movie. Do not get me wrong. There was bits of it. You're like, the potential was there. Mm. But whoever decided this is a good idea to spend so much time yeah. in the present got it wrong. Because it's again, it's a notorious thing in the games that people get frustrated when they get pulled out at like chapter three yeah. of the game to do like a half an hour mission of running about a cave in modern mm -hmm. day and yeah. reading emails and stuff like that. It's not a popular thing. So I don't have much faith, especially with the uh, rundown of history of these individuals. Yeah. Um, no offence to them. I'm sure they're all <laughs> lovely gentlemen and ladies and everybody else. Um, but Ted doesn't put me in mind as being the thing to go to Gears of War with. No. Um, now, don't get me wrong, just if you if your main thing has been a comedy, doesn't mean you can't go and do an action-adventure or thriller or whatever. But, but it just, it does put me in mind that it isn't maybe at the top of the company's priority list. With the likes of doing video game movies, you have to be very careful because if you don't have the Lancer that has the chainsaw and you chain somebody in half, you don't have the Berserker, you don't have the Hammer of Dawn, you don't have, you know, like, thing, you know, like, the ogres and things like that, you know, like, in various different things. If you don't have that, then that's kind of... That's kind of like, oh, here, we're going to make it, call it Gears of War, but we're going to call it, we're going to do something completely different, mm -hmm. you know, like, so let's, let's not, like Assassin's Creed, like you say, let's look at the game and see what's in the game and do 5% of that and the other 95% we'll just make up. Yeah. It's just like, it, it turns into kind of a um, Black Hawk Down kind of thing. And the weird thing was Ubisoft okayed that because their writers were involved and yeah. so how they thought that was a good idea, I don't know. But it's, the, it's, then also kind of boils down to, yes, story is one thing. But with Gears, Gears has a very certain type of visual aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Like It's very dark. It's dark. It's grungy. Even something as simple as like their armor. Mm -hmm. It's fairly bulky yeah. and huge. And something that you're like, if that's adapted to the big screen the wrong way, it mm -hmm. could either look comedic and not serious yeah. Or they could change it completely and then annoy those diehards yeah. off the game. So it's again, this has always been the big issue for video game movies is walking that line of 
right, we want this movie to appeal to people who haven't played the game, but you also want it to appeal to video game fans and mm. fans who have actually played yeah. the game. Um, do I think we'll see this in the next three or four years? Probably not. No, I think it's going to be like the He-Man movie. It's going to be talked about and I'm going to go down about it. Yeah. There's our bit, slightly negative bit of news then yeah. in terms of our opinions. Don't get me wrong, I would absolutely love there to be a fantastic video game movie out there, um, be it Gears. I pray and hope that if we do get the, I'm not going to say rumoured Uncharted movie because Tom Holland's fairly connected to it, um, that it's good. That's my main concern when I think of something like the Uncharted movie, mm-hmm. is that they're going, do you know what would be really cool? See that video game series that you all really enjoyed where the guy is in his 30s and then towards the end in his 40s? We're going to do it when he's in his teens or his early <clears throat> nine, you know, 20s yeah. or something like that. That's what they'll go to see. You know, so there's again where there could be concerns. Mm-hmm. But I would love there to be that video game movie out there that would be fantastic like I think again it's one that's been it was floating out there since even before the Mass Effect movie it was the Bioshock movie oh god that was that was floating around there since uh, no pun intended <laughs> um, Gore Verbinski and Pirates of the Caribbean came out because he was rumoured to be involved in it and then it was Gamer Del Toro was going to be involved in it as well and then again it's another one of those ones that simmered away because again there was talk that they're like we don't want it to be an R-rated movie, or we don't want it to be 18. So it's again... It's like, well, what are you doing with it? You know, it can't be that movie. Yeah. If it isn't this. Yeah. But, moving on to something completely opposite. So we're going from soaking wet water to the lovely sunny plains of Africa. And that is... Now, it's slightly, I'm not going to say, on the older side of the new spectrum, um, but it was something that was completely unexpected. It wasn't... Nobody was expecting this trailer to pop up at at this time, so it's definitely one that we wanted to talk about, and that is the fact that we got the new... Can you call it live-action Lion King trailer? The unanimated Lion King? Computer-generated Okay. uh, Lion King movie. Which does look pretty phenomenal. What were your thoughts on it? Oh, yeah. As soon as you heard James Earl Jones talking, you were just like, wow. But then then seeing the side-by-side shots that it's like it's a true trailer from the original one, like it's shot for shot, like whenever Rafiki, you know, breaks the thing and then does like the little dab on um, Simba's head and then lifts him up and... You know, like the zebras and all, just kind of buy before they're king. All that kind of stuff um, was great. It was nice to hear the music as well. Um, apparently, the only people who are back in it from the original ones are Elton John, James Earl Jones, and the film scores composer. Hans Zimmer. Yeah, so that's it. So you have those three, which saddens me because I would have loved to have Rowan Atkinson back as... Zazu. Zazu. Um, and who's the you man Oliver? Um, Michael Oliver, I think is it Michael Oliver? It's the lit- I, uh, 
John Oliver, sorry. Yeah. John Oliver. Apparently his kids were not happy with him because his name in the credits came up before Beyonce's. Oh dear. So their kids weren't happy. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I, mean, I think he is a very funny guy and I could see him as a logical choice oh, yeah, for yeah. this modern age. And considering what he does, he's this sort of satirical yeah. com- comedic take on the week's news. And Zazu is kind of like that kind of... I'm not going to say assistant or whatever. There's a big fancy name for it or whatever it is. But he would be the guy that would say, right, Mufasa, such and such is happening over here and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So he'll be able to kind of take that comedic take and bring it into the movie. It's like we were talking about on a previous episode to do with Aladdin and Will Smith becoming the genie. It's having two different voices as Timon and Pumbaa, having Beyonce as Nala, you know, like, and having, you know, like him as, you know, and not having Whoopi Goldberg as a hyena. Yeah. Which, for me, they missed a trick with that. This is the thing. This is, that's, I'm glad you actually brought up Aladdin and the Will Smith thing. Because the big debate and the big discussion point around Aladdin was really Will Smith. Mm-hmm. And can he replace Robin Williams as the genie? Whereas, I think it shows maybe the impact the original Lion King had on people growing up and just people in general who went and saw the movie that you're sitting here and you're going, right, we've got James Earl Jones, but we're losing out on so-and-so. We're losing out on Whoopi Goldberg. We're losing out on Jeremy Irons as Scar. You know, you're listing off multiple people. Mm -hmm. Whereas Aladdin, you were like, Robin Williams. Yeah. Robin Williams, that's your key guy. Whereas with Lion King, there's just so many incredible performances. Um, what's the name of the guy who, who plays um, Nathan Lane? And all, he is a fantastic comedic actor and has a very iconic kind of higher pitched voice okay. that you just connect with Timon and then of course Puma yeah. as a connection to that. And, like, you're getting, what is it, like, Seth Rogen mm-hmm. is Pumbaa, I think, yeah, is it? Yeah, And I'm just like, that's a wee bit weird. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the trailer, yes, overall, not much to it. It's a teaser trailer. It's early days. Mm-hmm. But as you said, it had all of those iconic shots. Yeah. From the opening of the original Lion King. So there was the simple stuff from the sun rising. Mm-hmm. The birds flying over the lakes. They're like, um, they aren't antelope. They're a different type, I think. It wouldn't be a springbok or whatever it is, but some sort of herd goat animal thing, (laughs) raising its head and looking across and Mm -hmm. stuff. And then that kind of tracking shot up over the hill that reveals, reveals Pride Rock. Yeah. All those little things, and as you say, the Rafiki stuff, all those are perfect choices for this first trailer because you think now of and again going back to Star Wars where fans kind of are sitting with Star Wars now where they're like "Mm, I'm not sure like where this is going or you know it's been divided whereas this is the perfect trailer that has everybody go yeah that's the Lion King yeah that's what I remember (laughs) yeah because that's what you know like obviously times have changed since that originally came out what 92 or something 94 94 so, you know, we're talking a good bit later, but then 
people have kids now so they can go like oh we see this and then look at that now this is the one that mommy and daddy went to see and then go like and then they showed in that trailer you know because animation in a sense is kind of dead it's that you know like you don't have animation anymore really i mean like i can't honestly recall from beginning to end apart from the new spider-man cartoon thing that's coming out but apart from that i can't really think of many things that aren't like batman yeah. or that kind of thing you know like the last like disney movie that he put out where it's animated it's not cgi it's drawn you know, or in, even cartoon drawn on computer yeah because i think lang it was was it lang king it was either lang king or pocahontas i think it was one of disney's last little mermaid hand drawn though little mermaid was that was before lang king that was like 1989 so it was yeah, okay chris has got his times up here yeah. um but yeah 1994 year before Toy Story came out mm-hmm. Toy Story was 1995 so it was like that transitioning period yeah of moving away from animation to the start of computers so it was but I think by matching up the scenes near pretty much shot for shot mm-hmm. has just it just kind of unlocks subconsciously it's that in the back of the head it's that nostalgic it's nostalgic but it's something new at the same time mm-hmm. which is very difficult to yeah. do but again it's one of those things that once you watched and you heard that music that every time I hear I always think he's singing about Arsene Wenger every time um, <laughs> but um, whenever you hear that opening song it'll be very much like whenever you hear you know Circle of Life and things like that and then you see the Wilderbeasts running and you're like and as Blackner Comedy says, like, we have to go through that again. Yeah. We have to go through, spoiler, if you haven't seen The Lion King, Mufasa dying. And then, you know, like... And then, oh, spoilers. I know. I did say spoiler, if you haven't seen it. Uh-huh. But we have to go all through that again. So that month we're going to have that. And then the month after that, we're going to have Toy Story, which apparently wow. is going to be even more heartbreaking. So... How can Toy Story be even more emotional than heartbreaking? Well, apparently Tim, Allen, apparently Tim Allen says the last line that he had to record... He found it really, really hard to do because it was so, um, it was it was just very impactful on him. But he said it was very hard to do. You know, I like can find himself kind of tearing up towards yeah. the end of it, and you're like, oh, that doesn't bode well. And you're like, so it's going to be like, see that fireplace bit in Toy Story Three? That's like a dry run. <laughs> yeah, you know, like so. But that's um, what I'm worried about. But yeah, it was <clears throat> really well done. I think, as was said. You just hear James Earl Jones's voice, mm-hmm. but his voice sounds better in this than it did in Rogue One. In my that's, opinion, that's true. Now it is fresh lying. Yeah, you can tell it's a fresh recording because you can sense it is just that bit older sounding. Not as much of a difference between Vader mm-hmm. and Rogue One <clears throat> because there was a lot more of a time gap. Because nineteen ninety four to now, yeah, still twenty five years. Yeah, pretty much. Um, by the time the movie comes out, but. His, I think just James Earl Jones's voice is just so iconic. You're yeah. just like, you almost feel slightly at home when you hear the voice. You're like, right, yep, we're in Lion King, let's go, sort of thing. <laughs> but then you suddenly just slightly get that feeling. You know, you've seen the start of the visuals, his voice starts, and you're like, ah. Oh. And then, as you mentioned, the wildebeest mm-hmm. down into like the canyon, and your heart just sinks a wee bit, and you're just like, oh. Right. So no. Here we go again. That's whenever I have to go and get another drink. Yeah, but no, it looks fantastic. The visuals are stunning. Um, some of the shots, you would just be like, "Is that actually CGI?" Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's very much up there with Black Panther. Yeah. In... Uh, but I think the only thing that has me going like, this is beautiful and I am excited. But then you go, how are they going to, you know, how is this going to look when they start talking? Mm-hmm. When they start singing? You know, Akuna Matata, all that sort of stuff. You're just going to be like, is it too realistic looking? Now, yeah. you kind of got a slight glimpse of that in Favreau's Jungle Book because it's using the same technologies that were See, I've never seen, that. I've never seen that one. Um, and there's not as many songs from the original cartoon yeah. Jungle Book in that, but there's still a wee bit of Bare Necessities and King of the Jungle and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but seeing a lion singing might be a bit yeah. weird initially, but... I think once you're sitting there and you're watching it, you'll kind of just relax into it and just be like, yep, enjoy this very much. Um, On to you, Chris, with, um, if you listened to our last full show, uh, apologies, obviously, folks, for um, missing last week, but between Black Friday Friday work and uh, me being under the weather, um, it was just impossible to get a show recorded in time. But the show that came out the week before um, was our kind of uh, talk about us transitioning more from being complete diehard in the WWE bubble to branching out and enjoying more independent wrestling, especially here, of course, in the UK. And some very dramatic and interesting news and, if true kind of semi-sad news mm-hmm. has come out in regards to NXT UK, Chris. Right, hold on, because I needed this, because I was figuring out something else while I was getting that. Right. <laughs> okay, so, um, I'll read this here out first of all. So, when WWE launched NXT UK in December 2016, it was seen as a way for top British talent to showcase their abilities in WWE's platform, while also having the ability to work other promotions. So, like the Flash Morgan Webster on his um, podcast will say, if you want to see the um, the Mod Father in action, you can. And he gives the dates. His latest one that he put up, he put up two dates because there was something to do with Mick Foley. Um, just after two years, WWE has decided to reverse course and will put restrictions on NXT UK talent from working for other promotions. This news comes courtesy of Wrestle Talk, which reports that several members of NXT UK will be given new contracts in the coming weeks with these restrictions in place. While superstars will be given raises, their meandering on the NDC will cease come 2019. Um, previously, the NXT UK superstars were only restricted from other promotions with distribution deals, but now they will be barred from all promotions. The only exceptions for these that WWE had partnered with including Progress, ICW and WXW which is in Germany and obviously the big key thing lately is that they've signed Walter and there's rumours that they've signed Iman Dragunov is it? The guy who fought Pete Dunne so it's just saying there that you know with these new contracts and new restrictions set to go into place at the start of 2019 superstars will still be able to finish of their advertising bookings through the end of 2018. However, talent will only be able to work shows with a licensed paramedic on hand as a couple of members of the roster recently went up 
showed up the NXT Performance Center with injuries that WWE was aware of. This is a big change from when WWE first established NXT UK and said they wouldn't sco- scoop all of the top talent in the UK, leaving little any else for everyone else. It remains to be seen how this impacts the UK Indies. So obviously, um, at the time of this going out, in a couple of days, I'm going to London for Fight Forever. Now they do have people who are contracted for WWE but like it says because of 2018 mm-hmm. they're still able to do it now the likes of Travis Banks I think and Flash Morgan Webster and somebody else maybe from I think it was maybe Zach Gibson I can't remember but they were in a ladder match that mm-hmm. ladder match has now been pulled right. but they are putting other people into it um, but they're saying that they're announcing the names on the day They've announced the likes of, say, Jordan Devlin's working in one of their shows and somebody else, and I don't know, I can't really remember. Um, but how do you feel about this whenever WWE came out and said, like, we're not the big bad, we kind of want to encourage this, and it's kind of here, we want you to believe in us, <laughs> and we want you to come and see these shows that we've taped months in advance, and then, you know, the... NXT UK Women's Champion turns up on a pay-per-view before anyone knew that she was champion. So... Ooh, it's a tough one. Uh, so it is, because there's so much kind of swirling around in regards to this bit of news this week. Now, did you also hear about the fact that if... If um, they break the... Say, like, some independent show breaks his contract... Apparently, it's in the. I, my friend Johnny was telling me about it. Thanks for the review, by the way, Johnny. Um, and he was saying that they then will then be able to opt in to buying that company. Yeah, I have heard, not exactly that thing, but I did hear that they had the option to shut them down. Yeah. Basically, which is probably just the same thing yeah. that we can acquire you and yeah, wipe you off the face of the planet. Um. <clears throat> It does feel almost a wee bit uh, Vinnie Mac of yesteryear mm-hmm. coming back and taking over the place, doesn't it? Um, see, it's weird because I think part of it does also play into, right, WWE are going, right, we've invested this money in this show, in these talents. And from what I'm picking up, not as many people are going to the TV tapings as they had hoped. Mm-hmm. Because, again, at the end of the day, they're asking 50, 60, whatever it is, pounds for people to go to these TV tapings yeah. per day. Yeah. And there's two days of TV tapings. So you're talking, you're asking folks to stump up at least probably 100 quid mm-hmm. for two days if they want to attend both days of the TV tapings. And why would people really go to these often or make an attempt to travel from say here over to them yeah now don't get me wrong i've been tempted to do it because it was kind of like oh be a part of history and um but why pay 50 quid a ticket or 100 quid over two nights when i can drive down the motorway to dublin (coughs) to ott have paid Maybe 20 quid at the most mm-hmm. for one of their smaller shows. 25 for one of their bigger shows. Um, and see Jordan Devlin. 
see Zach Gibson, see Pete Dunne, see Tyler Bates, see Trent Seven, etc, etc. In my backyard, an hour or so, two hours down the road, for a fraction of the price. Mm-hmm. Not having to fly on a plane, not having to book hotels, all those different sort of things. So I think part of that has played into this decision and these contract offers is to try and basically say, well, right, if you want to see these guys anymore, you have to come to us. Yeah. I can also see their side where they'd also think about this in terms of those injuries, in terms of, right, you guys are working for us now, really, at the end of the day. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're still doing these independent shows and you're going out and doing these silly ladder match spots yeah. in an arena or maybe arena's generous um, or event venue where there's maybe not the best medical staff if there's any medical staff really at all. Mm-hmm. And then you can't appear on the next set of TV tapings that we have. So I can see that side of things as well. Yeah. So I can. But... It's still you still can't help but feel slightly disappointed. Now it what I was saying about it's all kind of swirling around and the news seems there's some people seem to definitely be falling on the side of what this news article is saying and being pulled from twenty nineteen dates and stuff like that, but where there's other talent that don't seem to be. Yeah. So you're just like have these Guys that are still appearing on places in 2019 on these new contracts, or are they not? Or are they on a slightly different contract? You just don't know yet. Because I think it's fair to say, going by his tweets this week, uh, that Pete Dunne is definitely one of these guys that seems to have signed one of these new contracts. Yeah. Which is a given, considering he's he's their top guy. I'm pretty sure that he would be one, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate would be other ones as well. Yeah. Because they are kind of the big draw for them mm-hmm. you know um, obviously then we had the announcement which was very surprising that, that we're going to be doing the NXT UK takeover in Blackpool on the 12th of January yep. that tickets for that went on sale the week after the tickets went on sale for the Raw and Smackdown tapings yeah. in London um, apparently it sold out very quickly like yeah in less three hours Oh, right, okay. Um, well, then sold out faster, but anyway. Um, but with that, was it something that you were interested in, or did you go, oh, it's Blackpool? Uh, no. I was interested. Definitely, definitely interested. And But I think what was the big issue for me, number one, bar the point that at that moment in time, I was feeling like rubbish because mm-hmm. I was under the weather. I was like, can I be with it? bothered stressing and work tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. trying to get tickets for this thing um but also the short notice yeah like literally they did the nxt tv tapings on the saturday and sunday announced that takeover was happening on the saturday set of tapings and then the tickets went and sale on monday at 10 a.m. yeah you know there wasn't even really a week's notice i don't understand i don't understand why they don't think people get paid at the end of the month Let's do it on the Friday whenever people get paid rather than before that. It's not something I would have gone to anyway because with us, we have to fly from here to somewhere else and drive down to Blackpool. It's not a case of you just fly to Blackpool Mm -hmm. because it's Blackpool. And it was something that I thought, oh, but a lot of people that sent me pictures and been like, 
Yeah, I've no interest in it. I thought you wanted to go to TakeOver. I but it's the UK. Oh, I didn't even know it was the UK one. A lot of people just thought it was a proper TakeOver. And it's like, no, it's the UK one. Mm-hmm. So I think that's maybe what a trick, not tricked a lot of people, but people that hadn't paid attention to right, it properly. Really? Yeah. I hadn't heard that. I hadn't yeah. heard that. Um, but no, I had been really tempted. Now, I wouldn't have been staying for the TV tapings the following night or anything, just yeah. with work and stuff. Um, but I didn't end up getting tickets for it. Um, you know, by the by, not to say I won't probably go for one in the future. Maybe if it's in a slightly better location as well, mm-hmm. as you say. Like if they turn around and said, okay, we're going to do NXT TakeOver Manchester or something like that. Or Belfast. Or Belfast or Dublin. Yes, that would be lovely. Um, you know, somewhere that's easy to get to. But that's you it. Get if, a cheap hotel. If it's the UK, you need to cover all parts of the UK. You yeah. can't just go, we're going to stay in Birmingham and, you know, like, and do TV tapings there and then go like Liverpool, you know, like, and then go to your talent subject change and all that and then go, oh, Blackpool. Mm-hmm. You've already done Blackpool. You've done that. You need to go somewhere else. Yeah. Basically, yeah. What, they, what they need to do in that regard, not to get too far from the main crux of what we're talking about here, um, when it comes to, like you're saying about where they're going to do TV tapings and stuff mm. like that, they do need to branch out. They do need to start filtering into Scotland, into Wales, into over here. Um, but they need to kind of do what they did initially with the TV tapings and announce right in January we're going to be here, in February we're going to be here, in March we're going to be here, in April we're going to be here, in May we're going to be here. Give people the lineup of yeah. where you are heading and give people plenty of time. You know, don't go right, here's all the TV tapings lined up, you know, through May, and they all go on sale in a week's time. Mm-hmm. Stagger it. Yeah. Just ever so slightly. Um, so people can have time to organise hotels, organise flights, organise whatever, have the money for the tickets. Yeah, but that's whatever. what they used to do. We'll get back to this in a sec, but mm-hmm. that's what they used to do whenever we would go to the wrestling show and then we'd go with that and be like, you know, tickets for November show, go on sale on Friday and you're like, oh crap. Yeah. But then you knew that you had time to go with that rather than you've got the sake of two months now. But like we were saying about you branch, you know, same branch out to other parts of the UK, there may be certain independent wrestlers here who haven't been to certain parts that mm-hmm. are with them. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that, like, I'm sure that, like, Mark Dennis, or Mark Dennis, jeez, Mark Andrew, Mark and Andrews, Eddie Dennis. And, and Eddie Dennis have probably been, you know, but then you might have somebody else who hasn't been mm-hmm. here or there, and it's, okay. getting that, it's getting that exposure for them. So, it's it'll be interesting to see what they do, especially if they're working closely with Progress and things like that. Yeah. I think, obviously, that's a main... It's almost becoming now that Progress and things like that will be... Almost like what NXT is to the main roster is that they will be like the feeder club, and then they will have new talent come oh, in it's and full on. and then they'll polish the new talent, and then NXT UK will go, okay, yeah. we'll take him, and then he goes to NXT, and then he goes to yeah. the main roster. So it's it is interesting to get kind of more back towards what you know the article was at the beginning in terms of you know guys signing the contracts, and you know I was saying about. It's all very kind of murky and muddy. You know, like we said, Don etc. is a given. Mm-hmm. Definitely based on his tweets, basically saying, you know, be happy for the talent that have got, you know, worked so hard, 
for the opportunity and have got, you know, the deal. Yeah. Which, absolutely, fair point. Nobody should begrudge these guys a living no. <laughs> at the end of the day. And if they're getting a nice downside guarantee contract and guaranteed, you know, that they'll be looked after and not have to do silly things, great. Good for them. But then there's other guys at the minute close to home Jordan Devlin that it doesn't look as yet unless he has got some sort of specialised different deal to have gone that route Mm. because Devlin put out a tweet there that he isn't going to stop appearing at OTT yeah that's what thing that Johnny was saying about um, was the likes of with like OTT, you know, like that seems to be his mainstay, you know. So that's maybe something that maybe at the minute they're still working with them because yeah. obviously in February, isn't it, the Walter is meant to be yeah OTT. This is the interesting thing. So now. what happens there with that? You know, because if he's he's signed for WWE and he they're giving them until the end of this year and that's the start of next year. Aye. He's OTT's champion. Yeah, you know, so... This is this is the odd thing that could really happen here right now. Not to, again, that, you know, go too far off of what we're well, talking about. Finish here. this point and then move yeah. on to that part. Um, and then we'll round it up. OTT has a show in Belfast in December. Mm-hmm. And it's Walter versus uh, local wrestler Bonesaw for... And don't make a Spider-Man joke. Um, <laughs> but I'm ready! For the OTT title. Okay. Walter's the champion. That is OTT's only chance mm-hmm. before 2019 to take the title off Walter. Yeah. And that would be the oddest and most unexpected title change, at least in OTT at this moment so in time. Would this, for you, be equivalent to Freyless C? Because Bonesaw is predominantly a tag team wrestler. Okay. Very good. Yeah. You know, part of the Kings of the North Port. You know, he's Belfast boy. Um, But it would be very sudden. Mm -hmm. You know, it would be like Shawn Michaels immediately going from tag team to WBF champion. You know, not not taking that road via the IC and up and up and up and stuff like that. Um, So, yeah. It's basically, it's rolled a set of dice along the table, this... And you don't know exactly who's going to land with a decent roll of the dice or who's going to shy away from committing too much. Because Devlin has been, I don't know if you've been watching it fairly regular, the NXT UK show. Oh yeah, I'm all excited on it. Devlin's, well, he's, uh, he's one of their upper card guys. Yeah. You know, he's sort of, he's, I think his only loss has been to Dunn in a title match since he's arrived on the show. He's won... A huge amount of matches. Mm-hmm. I can't remember him losing any bars title match to Dunn. So they obviously see something in him. Yeah. But if he's still got this deal, has he worked something special? But we've talked about that a lot. It is sad that maybe some guys won't be as accessible to fans anymore. But it is, you have to accept, right, they're doing well for themselves, for their families, for them. And it's going to give other guys opportunities. Yeah. At the end of the day, and in a year's time, we might be sitting here and going, "Oh, this guy's really, really good," and he wasn't really known on the scene too much mm-hmm. a year ago. So swings and roundabouts, we might get 
some new fantastic up-and-comers in the future but as you said let's transition and we'll try not to hang on this too long because i knew that would happen with nxt uk <laughs> um but it is interesting again you go from wwe doing what you always expected wwe to kind of do in the end in gobbling up yeah and taking control of an area or a territory to i'm not going to say doing the opposite but almost doing fans of independent wrestling on wrestlemania weekend a favor because it's been announced there um literally before we came on to record uh this is on prowrestlingsheet.com that WrestleMania weekend next year has undergone a minor shakeup as WWE confirmed that NXT TakeOver will now take place on the Friday night instead of the Saturday. WWE confirmed to Pro Wrestling Sheet that WWE will be going back to its previous WrestleMania week schedule with NXT TakeOver on Friday, April 5th and the Hall of Fame induction ceremony on Saturday, April 6th. Obviously WrestleMania on the Sunday. So they're going back to the old timetable that they had for WrestleMania weekend. The last couple of WrestleMania weekends, NXT has been on the Saturday instead. But the whole kind of point of this is ROH has their sold out show for Madison Square Garden on that Saturday night. And WWE have blinked and changed their schedule. I don't think WWE really, in the grand scheme of things, is all that concerned. No. But they've probably thought, you know, what the heck, give them, let them have their weekend. Mm -hmm. You know, if they want to go ROH, go ROH. But I genuinely, I'm surprised they did make the change. Because I would have seen it as opportunity for trips to turn around and go, ah, well, we'll show you on Saturday night what's the better show here and NXT being amazing. No, I'm not saying NXT... On WrestleMania weekend is going to be any less amazing, but it's still intriguing. Do you find that this is a big thing as well? Is that with the likes of takeovers and things like that, like um, the event, like Survivor Series, for example? Takeover was brilliant, but Survivor Series was not a patch on Takeover. Yeah. Do you find that they're starting to get into a bit of maybe? Um, not doing themselves any favours? Yeah, kind of like, even in the WWE 24, Triple H says, like, I said for you to go out, I didn't want you to go, like, how are we going to follow that? You know, because you made it tough for us. And they do, because it's always a good show. Whereas sometimes the event that follows it is a bit meh. So whether it's to give them that little break in the middle, so it's not, oh, follow that. And like, well, the Hall of Fame's, so it will follow up, but... In a bit of a day. It's, it's fresh in the mind, but not as fresh yeah. in the mind. Uh-huh. I can I can get that. Um, but yeah, it's one of those ones that you're just like, mm, fair enough. But then again, you still look back at the NXT UK stuff and you're going like, you're not that concerned really yeah. at the end of the day. But moving on to our final little bit of news. And again, because we talked so much about NXT UK, we probably won't dwell on this too much. It's just a little thing that we wanted to bring up. What's it about, Alan? It's about Star Wars, Chris. Star Wars? It's about Star Wars. Wow. Uh, and that is that... It is the most influential movie of all the times. All the times. All the times. All the times. Uh, is Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures, a new animated series set for YouTube. Uh, so it's an animated short series 
Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures and it will reinvent classic movie moments for a new generation. Now, I haven't... You said there is one up already on There's YouTube. actually quite a few. If you give me two seconds, I can show you. There's six of them. There's Galaxy of Adventures, Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, Luke versus the Wampa, RTD2, a loyal droid, Chewbacca, the trusty co-pilot must be, and Darth Vader. So they're... Now, they only, at most, they run one minute 15. So it's a wee bit like uh, the... What was that one that mainly focused on the women... Or the power of the force? The power of the force or something, something like, like that. that. It women, was the women of the force? Something like that. But it, they were very short as well. But do you know what this actually put me in mind of? And I think it's a nice wee thing that they're doing. Remember the kind of like anime style cartoon clip that was released of like Star Wars years ago on YouTube? And it was like TIE Fighters. You know the way there was like the anime yes, Doctor Who yes, one as yeah, well? Uh-huh. Um it almost reminded me a wee bit of that. You were getting those like little snippets of classic mm-hmm. moments, but in a different style. Yes. And it's really neat. And at a minute and a half, it does no harm to anybody. No. Um, it's just like, this is what we can do for fun. So do you think it's something you're going to, when you have maybe a spare five minutes or oh, something, like a lunch break, you'll probably go and... Yeah, like, I'll probably just put it on, you know, like, and then just put it on YouTube on my TV and then just watch it. And, you know, because it's very surreal hearing your father wanted to do have this when you were old enough and you're like oh but it's just it's different seeing that different kind of take on it you know because obviously we're used to the a certain way <laughs> of that but to have like a cartoon version of it is very good um and that kind of will lead us on to our next episode which will be to do with we did a doctor who tag video or video um episode a while back which we just Spent a while doing. Now there is. We're going to be doing a Star Wars one. That's right, Star Wars. So I think there's there's not that many questions. Or nineteen questions, yeah. something like that. Um, there is nineteen. So we're going to have our talk through that and see how long that goes on for. So, <laughs> but it is Star Wars. So we thought we would do that, especially because we have like a couple other ones lined up um, after that, which will kind of. It'll kind of feed into that in a in a sense because of something from a certain point of view. Yes. Uh, Okay. Um, But yes, that's what you have to look forward to in our next episode. Everybody is a Star Wars tag. Again, feel free to get in contact with us on Twitter at RetroShockPod. Send us a tweet or a DM on there. Um, If there is a certain tag out there that you would like to see us get involved in. Um, I know there's Disney ones, there's other topics as well out there, Marvel, etc. If you'd like to see us do one of those, feel free to let us know. Um, the Doctor Who ones seem to go down reasonably well. Um, drop us a message on Facebook as well, Operation Retroshock on there. And again, as I say, if you're enjoying the show, feel free to drop us a review on the likes of iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, etc. This has been episode 133 of Operation Retroshock. I have been Alan Price. He has been Chris Flint. I have. And we'll see you next week in a galaxy far, far away. How are we going to get there? Good question. (laughs) 